Um, well, I was told, I was keeping in touch with the guys here, I was told uh, it was brand new. Obviously, whenever you think of, of Caribbean rugby back in England, uh, you assume everybody's really fast and, right. uh, and athletic, which my assumptions were, were true, or, or, or I'm very slow, either one. Um, <laughs> but yes, it was, it was definitely, uh, yeah, kind of, the, I mean, everybody was super fast. Didn't, didn't have the na- kind of natural, well, not natural, I wouldn't say, it was more just the experience of knowing the game. You know, it was just catch and run, catch and run, and, and see what happens. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was, I found it very tough to play because, it, you know, in England, everybody sort of trained the same way, uh, especially if you go to the higher levels, everybody sort of has the, you know, certain perception of, of the game. And here, it's just kind of, you just give them the ball and see what happens. I think the minute I stepped on a practice field for rugby, the calling happened. Uh, an eight-year plan to be on the team. And I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro, right? Like, I like doing something, le- stopping and learning from it. Like, it just looked like it was a heavy hit. It gets up, it's not up. You know, that's the first time I played, like, professionally. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And those two Scottish guys, and they said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. Rugby is a sport where that's often coupled with actually having a good time. He looked at me and he said, you guys are awesome. Yo! What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Time Ibelu, and this is a show where we speak with people about the opportunities they have found, created, or taken advantage of via rugby. Guys, we got an amazing guest. I, you guys don't even realize we stepped back inside the Caribbean. You know, we had we had uh, Nicolette last time, and we continued onto the tour through the Caribbean, going to the great country of Curaçao, and we got to speak with Robert Perry, a former uh, professional rugby player, turned coach, developer, innovator, fitness coach, Mr. Everything down in Curacao. But this man is leading the way in developing uh, culture, is changing culture, creating opportunities, and, yo, apparently creating some of the best beach rugby in the Caribbean. Actually, we did this interview as an actual uh, project in conjunction with Rugby America's North. So big shout out Brian Kelly for being able to create this connection uh, and and ha- give me, allow me to have the opportunity to be able to talk with Robert Perry. And this was a great story. I really enjoyed it a lot. And it was just, it's just nice to see, again, y- you guys always know, I'm always about culture, uh, rugby impact and culture. And this is another one of those that hit both personally and and across the island. So you guys are going to want to listen to this one. In the meantime, yo, I hope you guys had a great weekend. For those who celebrated it, yo, I hope you had a great Easter. And for those who don't celebrate it, I hope you just had a dope weekend altogether. You know, I was good for me. We had a lot of rugby happening between, obviously, MLR still in full run. Going to, uh, this was week three of it. It's going strong. You can feel the energy. Um, of course, you had Dubai Sevens as well going through. Shout out to USA Women for coming in second in that piece. We can't we can't be letting Canada get us like that though. 
We can't. We can't. That's that's. We they, they already were trying to win in the pandemic. We can't let them win on the pitch. All right. Only one P for one country. All right. Oh, but no, no. Shout outs, you know, got to give it up to to the homies, Cheddar Amber, Nia Tapper, uh, just coming through. You know, I always got the support for them and, and everything that they do. And then, of course, there was Women's Six Nations and, you know, we got just more and more rugby popping up. There was Tropical Sevens, which is a huge rugby tournament in Orlando where a lot of teams go. So we got it. And of course, it didn't happen this weekend, but continuing to set up for the HBCU Rugby Classic. I'm getting excited. We got so many teams coming in. We got an event that's being prepared, and we got so much help. Ah! I can't wait to talk more about it, but it's not going to be on this one. I'm going to let you, you guys are going to have to look out for the stuff. But I can say a big congrats and a big ups to uh, our friends, uh, Phaedra, Phaedra S. Knight and uh, uh, Ransom Ram Eddings who we were able to uh, name, officially name our trophies after. So our championship trophy is now moved from the HBCU Rugby Classic Championship Trophy, as generic as that name is, to the Phaedra S. Knight uh, Championship Trophy. So you're going to win the Knight Trophy uh, if you win the HBCU Rugby Classic. Um, And then, of course, our uh, Player of the Match Trophy is now known as the Ransom the Ransom Ram Eddings Player of the Match Trophy. So uh, it's really an honor to be able to put these people into the history books for the HBC Rugby Classic and continue to immortalize them because they deserve it. They've been big. And if you guys don't know about Ram, yo, go check out the episode. We talked to him a few episodes back. I don't remember the number. I'm not that guy. I don't remember the number. But we talked to him and uh, just a great conversation. And, of course, Phaedra last night. I need to drop that. Might be do a throwback Thursday. Uh, but if you don't know who Phaedra is, I mean, yo, Google. Because you're about to get hit with some reality. HBCU alumni, uh, law lawyer, world rugby, uh, Hall of Famer. Uh, just breaking all the trends, just changing it. And, of course, she's been a big supporter of the HBCU Rugby Classic. So uh, I got to give it all the credit, man. Phaedra is is amazing. So to be able to do this was was legit all the way through. But before I get you guys into this next interview and get you guys listening to the great Robert Perry, I wanted to thank you guys Everybody who continues to listen to this each week, you guys are continuing to grow the audience and the audience is starting to impact the guest and we love it when the guests get impacted and it impacts you and I want to thank you guys all. Um, Please guys, if you can, please, please, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a review uh, on there, whether written, leave some stars, preferably five stars. If it goes four, I'll be accepting. If you go three, might die on the inside, but it's okay. I respect the honesty that goes along with it. Um, but it's been, it's been great. It helps us to be able to get found more and more and, uh, continue to spread. And the more that it's able to spread, the more we're able to do. And I definitely want to be able to thank you guys more and more. Uh, and of course, 
Uh, if you guys can, go to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Network. We post up the video for the podcast, and it, it creates just another element because now you can see the craziness and see how I'm trying to formulate these questions in my mind versus what you're trying to hear on the podcast component of it or, you know, you know whether you're going the other way and coming down. Hey, man, if you're in the video, come down to the podcast, man. Go, go flow through on. It all works, but... No, your guys' support means everything. We see it. I love it. And and thank you so much. So, without further ado, without further ado, I want you guys to enjoy this. Robert Perry, professional rugby, English, game changer, coach, developer, fitness man. Check it out. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Tommy Bailu, and we got an, an amazing VIP guest with us today, coming out of the great island, the great country of Curaçao. Head coach, former rugby player, just an absolute changer in 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 Curaçao rugby. Robert Perry. Robert, yo, thank you so much for uh, just taking the time to be with us today. Yeah, thank you very much. Happy to be here. You know, uh, obviously, you've been working in, in RAND for um, for a little bit now, and you guys are, especially within this Caribbean island area, we've seen a, a really strong development of growth starting to happen within the RAND uh, organization and RAND rugby. Uh, from teams like Jamaica and and Trinidad and Tobago, and we're starting to see even what you guys are starting to do in Curaçao. Um, but with anything, I always like to know kind of a beginning on how these things get started. Um, for you, even before with rugby, uh, can you tell me, like, how is it that you ended up even in Curaçao to begin with? Well, yeah, it's a bit of a crazy story, really. Um, I, was in, I was in England. I was playing good standard rugby over there, and... Um... And then I got a, an email one day just from, from a guy who said, do you want to come and play in, in, the, in the Netherlands Antilles? And I was thinking, ah, no, Netherlands is not so, uh, not so warm. I fancy going somewhere and, and interesting. And then he said, come in. We're having a tournament. For... And uh, I said, yeah, okay, why not? For sure. So I came out with a couple of friends. And we had like a two-week amazing trip. Uh, played really good standard of rugby. Uh, we had three clubs from the island, a team from Colombia, Trinidad. Um, so yeah, so we had a really great experience and then um, Curacao started to lift off even more, stayed in touch with a, a lot of the guys um, and then we had a kind of reunion in Amsterdam Sevens and then after that they said, oh, we're looking for a, for a coach, so kind of rugby seems to be working on Curacao, so let's, uh, let's try and continue it. And then I came out originally for three months just to kind of help out and build up towards the first international tournament which we went to. Which was in, it was in Barbados, uh, and then yeah, just were in England, kept bouncing in between. Eventually, just thought, right, let's let's stick out here permanently. And well, when I say permanently, I mean one year, two year, and then it just kind of steamrolled on from there. We did so well, and and things grew all, all the time. So we thought, well, what's the point of out here? So let's continue it. Yo, so it, how long has it been? It, it I, I was reading somewhere it's been like seven years since you've been in Curacao, or was I? Was that reading that wrong? Well, I've I, I've been here for just nine years. Just turned nine um, recently. Nice. 
Uh, we rugby was going congratulations on now for eleven, so it's two years before I came. Sorry, I was saying congratulations on almost making a decade, basically, oh, of living yeah. in Curtis. Nearly there, nearly there. Yes, that's right. Fly, time flies when you're having fun. Um, That's... No, so it, was, it was here for years before I came, and it was it was sort of just just to be seen. It was kind of just more as a well, not taken too seriously. And then because of the, the standard of the players and, and how well it was perceived here and taken up, we we decided it was decided that we that Curacao wanted to make it yeah a very serious sport on the island and see if we can make it as big as as what baseball is and and what football is on the island. So we went for it, and then then I was brought out full time. So. It was, uh, yeah, it was a kind of a trial period, an adjustment period to see if it, if, if it was even possible, you know, where we are geographically and, and how the island is. Um, and, yeah, we decided to, to go for it. So, and here we are, nearly, yeah, nearly a decade later, still going. Yo, that's, um, that's awesome. And, and especially on just the factor of, you know, and I love it. I feel like this is like the base rugby story of, yo, it was kind of a whim to kind of go there. You know, I didn't expect very much. And then all of a sudden I yeah. got locked in. <laughs> And here we are, yeah, exactly. You know, I had, I, had, I had lots of options of going to around the world, all around the world. And then I thought, oh, well, I've done, I've done Australia. I've done that side. I've never done over here. Obviously, about the Caribbean, if I will go, let's go and experience that. And if it's combined with rugby, let's do it. And then it just kind of, yeah, just, just grew, grew on you. And, and it became rugby first and then the lifestyle. Um, so, yeah, yeah, definitely a, a unique story, but... One that worked out very well. I love it. So I want to backtrack. I always say you, it's always good to get every superhero's origin story. So for you, what was your entrance into rugby initially uh, before even, uh, obviously, which would eventually lead you to, to Curacao? Well, I've, rugby's been, my whole, my whole has been rugby. And my, uh, my earliest memories was just driving around the country uh, back in England, watching my dad play. Uh, he was a very, very good player until one day he got, bit of a knock on the head and, and drove home to my mum's amazement that uh, he forgot us at the rugby field. So oh. he drove all the way back and, uh, we, he, and he, he, yeah, he found us on, on top of the bar. We were one or two or something. I can't even remember that. But uh, So we were kind of, it was installed with us, me and my brother with rugby. So he found us two hours later, bit rugby songs and being thrown <laughs> around the bar. So we had no choice really of, of rugby. Um, and then that's when my dad decided to be a coach. Uh, because yeah, he, he couldn't play anymore. My mum wouldn't let him. I don't think so. Did, or didn't didn't trust him to play. So um, yeah. So then I it was, it was always going to be very. It was always going to be or some 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 sort of sport. And uh, he became my coach at school. And then from then on, just rugby, rugby, rugby until uh, yeah, and still going. So no. Oh, so so. Obviously, there's a, it's a completely different pathway when you're talking about rugby in the Americas versus rugby in England. For you, was there always this possible trajectory of ending up being a coach? Or was it just like, I, I'm a player and the coaching seemed to pop up? Well, yeah, no, so rugby has always been my uh, yeah my life and it's all playing. You know, I love playing. I uh, still do, although I, I, I don't do it as much as I like to, obviously, now. But no, playing was, was always the goal. Um, and then... When I came here, I, I was more of a player, still a player, and coached, coached on the side in, in a sense. I would still take the training sessions but, but play myself. And I, then I, I stepped back and decided to swap that role around and became a coach more than a player. And it was so much more fulfilling. Uh, and I could do my job a lot better, which was, which was um, 
yeah, good tries. I, I wanted to con continue playing, and I still run around sometimes, you know, play a nice bit of touch here and there. But no, now the, the sole focus is, is is coaching, and refereeing is something that I never never really wanted to do. Uh, but now I'm I'm very passionate about it, and hopefully can continue going there and, and do some more tournaments and stuff like that, and, and look to kind of build build a career in refereeing. So I think that's the the logical step for me. But yes, yeah, I still still play obviously when I can and. But coaching comes first now. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, it's always interesting whenever you get those life uh, changes where you you find uh, more passion in something that you might not have thought about before. Obviously, playing is always key. And then you you when you start to see the scope even wider, you're like, oh, man, there's even more that I can do that is adds another level of fulfillment to, to, to my passion. Yeah. Yo, Absolutely. I love yeah, that. It's uh, huge fulfilling, yeah. Yeah. So, whenever you got to to Curacao, um, you know you're coming in with a wealth of experience. What was the rugby in, from your perspective? What was the rugby like whenever you first came, uh, and what was your perception of it versus even what you thought it would be before you had arrived? Um. Well, I was told I was keeping in touch with the guys here. I was told uh, it was brand new. Obviously, whenever you think of of Caribbean rugby back in England, uh, you assume everybody's really fast and, right. uh, and athletic, which my assumptions were, were true, or, or, or I'm very slow, either one. Um, <laughs> but yes, it was it was definitely uh, yeah, kind of the. I mean, everybody was super fast. Didn't didn't have the kind of natural. Well, not natural, I wouldn't say. It was more just the experience of knowing the game. You know, it was just catch and run, catch and run, and, and see what happens. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was. It was. I found it very tough to play because you know in England everybody sort of trained the same way, uh, especially if you go to the higher levels. Everybody sort of has the you know certain perception of, of the game. And here it's just kind of you just give them the ball and see what happens, and and don't really play with a structure. It, they just work on their individual brilliance and 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 skill and speed. So I found it very tough actually to to come and play at this level because it was people were doing things that you don't expect on a rugby field or well, I've never seen on a rugby field, you know? Um, so it was definitely learning experience for sure. Learned a lot coming out here. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was a big, big change for me really. Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment to talk to you about the rugby outlet mall. Now, I know you guys have heard me talk about this many times in the show before, typically in the intro, but I wanted to really make sure to get your focus on it because the Rugby Outlet Mall is not just the commerce hub for Gift Time Rugby, but it is an area where we want to be able to create the movement and the symbolic elements that add to the movement. The Rugby Outlet Mall is here so that we can have something that not just to have for the field, but more importantly to be able to have as a regular lifestyle. Because as you know, rugby is not just a sport. It's a whole way of life. It is a movement. And we have everything moving from cultural to your pop culture items like our Rugby Zon shirts or and sweaters as well as representing for the culture as we continue to develop the HBCU Rugby Classic. And we want to continue to support these things because it only grows the sport overall. We are continually growing to be able to make sure that we are connecting with you on a personal level as well as a rugby level. And for you guys that are listening to the podcast and listening to this show... 
want to let you know that you are going to get 20% off all gear that is under the category of Gift Time Rugby Network and the HBCU Rugby Classic. That is basically the entire store. And all you need to use is promo code GROWRUGBY, G-R-E-A-U-X RUGBY. And with that, you guys will get 20% off any clothing that is in the store as of right now. And of course, we're always building up more and more each time. But we want to make sure that you are able to symbolize your rugby faithfulness to the rest of the world and let them know that there is an opportunity to be able to develop, to grow, and to get better each and every time in this sport. So guys, I hope you guys check it out. Definitely go and you guys can go to www.rugbyoutletmall.com. That is rugbyoutletmall.com. Guys, you're not going to want to miss one bit of this. Now let's get back to it. No, I, you know, I hear that a lot of times when it comes from uh, people coming from England or New Zealand or South Africa and coming into one of these uh, non-major rugby countries because of the fact that there is that set structure that you've, you've developed over the years that has is not just effective, but is, is there's a reason why that structure exists. Then you come into these areas where it's a lot more loose. So you, you have the appreciation mm-hmm. of unpredictability of the game and development, but you're also trying to f- make sure that the nuance and technicality is being developed correctly. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was, uh, obviously when I first came on the Island and I pulled this outrageous dummy. And if it was in England that they would have fooled for that dummy, but nobody fell for it. And I just got picked <laughs> up and thrown off the field. Like, absolutely smashed. Like, My good. This is not right. You should have fooled for that. It was a beautiful, du- um, so yeah, that was a steep learning curve for sure. So yeah, it's it's about building the. Uh, yeah, it was very very annoying, but uh, yeah, for sure, it's a it's a different. It almost almost feels sometimes like a different game, you know. Uh, how how def, definitely how I was in in England, I was playing a good 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 standard high level, and everything was was each other's, and it was very much robotic. At the time, think about it, you feel more. Um, and then you get out here and you don't kind of plan through first one phase. It's kind of give it to this guy and, and see what happens. So it was it was definitely a shock. That's the natural ability of these guys. They're so fast and so yeah, natural athletes. So you've got to play into their into their strength. So I had to do a lot of adapt, adapting as a coach to to kind of not fight what natural is and then from both both sides and bring my experience from England. So understand the ways of rugby out here. You know, every every place has a different way of playing it to everybody's different strengths. So, yeah, I learned a lot, and uh, yeah, definitely, I still still feel my ribs after that tackle. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like every once in a while, I just get a random throbbing under ribs, and I'm just like, "All oh, right, that's that's what." <laughs> man, 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 learn the hard way. Yo. So I, 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 I love the fact that you speak about uh, stylization when it comes to rugby. And it's one aspect that I've always believed would make, makes rugby, can make rugby very unique in, uh, for the individual countries in determining, like, understanding we have a base structure for rugby, but now it's how do we utilize those strengths and create its own version. So over these last nine years, what is it that you felt you have – been able to help bring out of the Curacao rugby uh, community that makes it uniquely, uh, makes their rugby unique to them. Obviously, we have our rugby culture as a whole, but 
kind of gives them their scope of how rugby is 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 presented. So, sorry, I, lo- I lost you there for the lo- for the for the last bit. What, what was your question again? Sorry. No problem. No problem. I can repeat it again. Um, I was saying over the time that you've been in Curaçao, like what do you feel has been the best? Uh, what do you feel you've been able to help bring out or help reveal about them that allows them to kind of create their own perception, their own perspective of rugby, while still being obviously within the base rugby uh, cultural uh, sphere. But what makes Curaçao rugby uniquely Curaçao? Uh, yeah, no, God, good question. Um, definitely uh, something that sticks, sticks with us and, and um, is that we always, always uh, a very social team. We really implement that. We have that real family feel here, whether it be the youth, the, the, the girls, or the guys, everybody, real, real rugby. And that's a bit of a cliche in the rugby world. Everybody says that, but, you know, we, we really are. Um, wherever we go, whichever tour we go to, whichever tournament, we always stress and, you know, that we have to be social. We have to mingle with the other teams and support and create friendships and bonds. And I think, I think we're very good at that. We don't necessarily win the matches, or we don't, you know, we don't score lots of points against these other other countries. But we leave a lasting impression off the field, uh, which any rugby player will do is just as important. The 80 minutes on a Saturday is is awesome, but it's the kind of lifestyle that you lead. So we're very very sh- say strict on that. We're very strict. implement that mentality on the eye. You always help each other out. Always help other other teammates out. As though you come to training and then off you go. We're in constant contact with each other. We're doing uh, a lot of team building games and a lot of tra- d- different sort of trainings. And um, yeah, I'd say that's definitely a unique. I, I, I know that a lot of rugby players and a lot of teams stress that social life, that third half that's, that everybody talks about. But I'd say we're definitely one of the one of the top things here. And I don't, you know, we've got a lot of lot of Dutch players over here that come over, especially Marines and stuff that live here for a few years. Interesting. Who play in Holland, and it's the cultural difference. It just seems to work. We have, uh, you know, the social side, the drinking games, the parties, and stuff like that. That's what the Dutch bring. That's what the English are known for as well. Unfortunately, uh, here is a little, <laughs> yeah. little more reserved in the way that they 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 act. It's just it's not in the culture. So, to, we mingle it in very well. It just seems to work very well that we we get kind of. It just seems to really work as a team, and and we create such such great great bonds and stuff like that so yeah for sure i would say not so much on the field more off the field what we create which is just as important i agree look i i think that being able to develop the rugby culture uh the social rugby culture actually is probably one of the biggest glue pieces that have to be done for developing rugby even on the field because it's that part that actually even attracts people to want to continue to play even once even as you're developing in the game Absolutely. and getting past those moments Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like I said that, that eighteen minutes on a Saturday is important, but it, it's if you feel comfortable around everybody and, and you love the training and you love the the team, then it makes it so much better. You know, so um, for sure, I agree. No, so you, I, I I understand that you are both a coach for both the men's and the women's. Um, obviously, you there's cultural. You know, you can have cultural clashes in terms of being able to. Uh, con- cultural clashes that have led to sometimes difficulty in being able to bring uh, women on board. For you, what has been the, has there been a, a, a much struggle in being able to convince women to come play? 
uh, in Curaçao, or has it been a simpler uh, process? You know, in the West, it can be a little bit easier than in others. Oh, I'm really sorry. I lost. It. What was that? Was that like? No problem. No problem. I think the island isn't so good. No, no worries at all. I was saying, um, when it comes, to, I understand that you are both the men's and the women's uh, coach for uh, men's and women's rugby coach. For you uh, on the island, has it been a process of being able to develop the women's side? Because I know sometimes there's cultural clashes that go, or and more so stigmas that go along with having the women play versus um, in other places. But have you found that to be uh, a obstacle or are you starting to see like more people, more women as well as men uh, open up to wanting to play the sport? Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, the women here on the island are fantastic. They have great uh, the, the problem is they're not known here on the island. Um, whereas in England and, you know, maybe parts of America and, and in Holland, it's, it's sort of it's there everybody knows about it whether you play or you understand the game um or at least know of the game but here it, it's it's baseball or it's football uh, that that's it and um when it comes to rugby it's the parents certainly uh would be scared of it you know and they don't want their kids to perform in it um which is which is a real which is the real test the kids love it once soon as you get the ball in the hands the kids run around the field Loving the contact, as we all do, you know, playing a great game. The parents are very uh, simply because, you know, you, the first thing you do is you go on YouTube, you type in rugby, and it's the biggest hits, the biggest smashes, and it just puts off the, the parents. But once, you, once we can get the parents aside, uh, on our side, then, then we're, 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 we're golden. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a struggle because, like I said, it's not part of the everyday sort of norm. You know, so it's, it's it's a brand new sport that you you look at and you just see people jumping on each other. And you don't understand the actual game of it, and um, and the safe the safety aspect of it. You know, it's rugby designed to be safe. Yes, it's a rough sport, but it's designed to be safe. But it just looks it looks from the out looks does look a bit. Yeah, I must admit. So it's it, it's that's our that's our biggest. So do you have a problem? That's probably it. You know, um, but yes. And no, nice I think challenge. That- that, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, I, I feel like it's one of those where it actually even see actually sometimes can help develop the culture into having greater depth because because there's so much resistance to it that once you see the other side, the parents will have a tendency to kind of go through a wave and explain it out to, uh, the, to other parents. And so you almost get uh, 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 additional influences. You get the word of mouth spread. And I, I can't assume Curtisau is – so big of an island that the the noise doesn't eventually reach uh, at some point in time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that oh. word of mouth helps us a lot. So if we if we have you know one or two kids playing in a school, the whole school will know about it. Uh, and we're very active with our with our social media side, which we know is very important. Uh, so people can can follow us easily and check it out and see what kind of stuff we do. And it, yeah, it's certainly just trying to change the perspective of, of what rugby is. Um, you know, trying to make it not that scary. Uh, injury-ridden sport. It's not nothing like that. It just appears like that from from the outside. Once you're in, you're in a youth for life, as we all know. So, um, yeah, it's about getting that thing. But yeah, certainly, certainly, it's a small island. So these these positive images of, of rugby certainly spread quickly. You know, I, I love that. I absolutely love it. Um, you know, I, I always talk about the, the cultural changes that can happen whenever you utilize rugby into into a space. You know, for you, is there an example that you have where 
you saw a kid or a player who uh, might that got started with rugby that you saw it kind of impact uh, their life in a separate way. Maybe it impacted how their social interaction was, or their just their 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 quality of life improved, or something that you were able to witness where you were like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is why I continue to do what I do here." Yo, I want to talk to you guys about the HBCU Rugby Classic and Music Festival. Yo, this is the best event that is coming out in terms of cultural rugby. It is a representative of the historically black colleges and universities. But not just simply to represent for them, but to be able to continue to promote the development of rugby in all communities. And we want you guys to know that we are coming back for May 1st and 2nd, 2021. Do not want to miss this one. I know there's a chance that you guys might not be able to come into the stadium, but please be sure to get ready to watch it. We have a great set of teams coming up, great invitations from youth rugby all the way up to senior level rugby. So we are not just going to make it so that you only look for or understand one part, but this is for the whole shebang. This is something that is growing that will only make us better. So definitely check out more information at www. Dot H-B-C-U, rugbyclassic.com or find us on uh, social media at HBCU Rugby on Twitter and HBCU Rugby Classic on Facebook and Instagram. Guys, I know you're going to love this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that I, almost every single training session, I see that sort of stuff. And what we said at, at the beginning about coaching becoming more fulfilling um, is when you see somebody change their or open up and become more secure in themselves. Um, it doesn't matter if they drop a ball. It doesn't matter if they miss a tackle. You know, as long as they, they they're trying 100%, we all you know that we don't. Nobody cares, and that's that's the philosophy that rugby sort of built on. You know, as long as you try your hardest and and give it give it your all. But you see these kids every time they come to the training sessions. You know, I think in England growing up, you you're very spoiled. You don't realize how lucky you. You are uh, and you have nothing, and then go and, and to to change their life. Rugby, we've we've been very um, fortunate with the, the talent we have on the island. We've managed to send a lot of guys over to Europe. Uh, one of them played for Newcastle Falcons. Um, oh, so, nice! And we're able to change his life. Stuck here, he was doing he was doing nothing, and, and you know we managed to get him in, into 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 England. He's now living there. He's now married with kids and living in London. So he's he's made it as a as a person and we were happy that we were able to help him through that. And a lot of guys go to Holland and and you know we're, we're able to help these guys and grow their change their lives in, in those sort of things. And of course not just that big picture the little picture of making these kids secure, making them confident in themselves and accepting who they are and and, and everything like that. So no it's it's that's definitely for me was was the big thing turning from a player to a coach was to see fulfillment, not just about me scoring 10 tries or whatever like that, that, that you know, you forget about that the next day. What you remember is the, is how you, yeah, change these kids lives just in little, little, little bits, every single training session. And yeah, definitely, uh, definitely the most rewarding part of it is to grow. Yo, no, I, I love to hear that. Um, and and that's like I said, it, it it adds such a different level of fulfillment whenever you are able to transfer what you know to impact other people. Like it's it's just a weirdly different feeling that you never realize until it happens. Um, there's one part that you talked about 
Absolutely. When yeah. you're granted. It's one part you were talking about when you were talking about refing and uh, the, the adjustment now into that. Um, I think there's we're, there's always a conversation about trying to get more and better. Maybe the word better might not be, but more refs into the game and getting people involved in that. For you, what is that program like in Curaçao? Because I feel like that is and one part that is more economic is probably one of the most economically beneficial at the lowest level, like as in like easiest to be able to get to and help people make something from it than any other position in rugby when it comes to it, it being in non-major rugby countries. How has the process of developing refs in Curaçao been going? Uh, well, well, yes, we had a, a number of, sort of refereeing courses here. We've had Scott Harlan come down. We've had Aaron Kennedy come down. Um, uh, we, we've had courses on that. Uh, like I said, the, the kids are very new to the game. They don't quite understand yet the whole game. They know the, the, the rules. They know the sport, but they don't quite get the game yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're learning the rules very well. They're, they're, we're doing a lot of refereeing in our in our training sessions when we have matches between the clubs on the island, we let other people ref. Uh, but it's just building the confidence of it, really. You know, it's it's they still they're still learning the game, so it's difficult for them to to become a ref. They're not so confident in their abilities, but we have very natural, very natural people here that will be months or working hard. We're hoping to get more courses going through. Uh, I always like to, to coach refing. Uh, give it gives it gives also. It gives our players a different perspective on the game um, and understanding, especially the, the respect part. You know, that's it's we all know in rugby, you know, you don't talk back to the referee and, and respect the referee decisions. I mean, that's, that's sort of the baseline of, of, of our. Uh, and to see them now be referees to the other side of the game is, is so invaluable to their development. Um, yeah, so like I said, we, we, we do a lot of it. We try and get as much as we can in. And it's another, yeah, it's, like I said, it's another outlet that these kids can go through, refereeing, coaching, everything. So we're, we, we let a lot of these clubs run themselves with their, their effort. And I will always shout that it's up to them. And, and I think that they are doing very well. Uh, and like I said, I'm just understanding the game more. We're, we've only been around for such a short period, period of time. Some of these players have only been here for a matter of months or years so whatever they whatever they can, can gain from experience to help them develop is is invaluable so definitely the refereeing is is a big thing and hopefully we're going to push on if you'll be seeing some curacao referee or linesman or whoever in the in the next competition so we hope for that really oh uh that that's great and i, I guess that makes perfect sense uh you know it 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 is a process we're talking about what just 25 years and we're starting we of having only been a professional uh rugby union concept around the world so uh and even that has been its own pits and falls so to let alone 10 15 years of being able to develop rugby in an area also still going to have its uh growth uh its growing pains as well but it's glad that there's progression moving forward with it right exactly yeah sure for oh. sure yeah so kind of wrapping it up last, you know, to get an idea, you know, if you would describe what it would be to be a, to be playing, not even being playing rugby, to be living in a place like Curaçao, like what would it, what, how would you describe the experience of Curaçao life? Uh, and then obviously how it can 
relate back to rugby, which you've touched on a little bit, but a little bit more clearly. Well, uh, for me, Curacao, I was, I'd never heard of it before I came out. Um, and when you think of the Caribbean, you, I mean, especially English, you think of Barbados, you think of Jamaica, they're kind of the classic um, holiday destinations. Uh, so it was, for me, it was exciting to go somewhere new. Uh, I'm one of the only English people here. I mean, there's English people popping up everywhere. We're, we're everywhere. But I'm one of, the, one of the only ones on the island, which is also a nice, nice feeling, you know. Um, for me, Curacao, I've gone to a lot of different islands, we, obviously through the tours, through our international matches and I was the, the nicest island infrastructure wise it's incredible always something to do it's good lovely parties um, stuff like that so it's 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 a really really great island to live but I would never have stayed here um, just for that you know I was I was set set on traveling and playing rugby around the world but what made me stay here was de- was the rugby and was the, and the attitude players that give selfishly um, I should say. Um, so definitely, I mean, it, of course, you have the perks of living, living in the Caribbean by the beach and in great weather and stuff. But definitely, the, the rugby was the was the main thing that made me stay. And it was just the attitude of, of of all the kids. So I could have been anywhere in the world as long as I got these guys here. Then you'd enjoy yourself. So it's just a little cherry on top that I'm living in 30 degrees and on a nice beach. So um, yeah, for sure, the rugby is why I'm here. Oh. People work their whole lives to get to the point where you're at, and you're just being able to go and do it as a rugby person. Thank so you. to know that you, to have that perfect combination, that's that's really dope. And then, like I said, obviously you you add yeah. to the Very culture lovely. of the island. Absolutely, yeah. You know, it's it's a it's it's every day I'm kind of learning new things because it's so different to where I'm from. You know, I'm, I was a sense of religious boarding school in in the north of England where it's snowing all the time strict rules and they come over here and every single day I've been in nine kind of I've been in so surprised about what what these you know this country and these people to offer so no uh, every day is is always a bit of fun and and uh, yeah like I said it's nice weather as well you see (laughs) oh I love it Rob you know I I I love to hear I love just what I'm hearing, and I can't wait to see more of what Curaçao is going to be doing. Uh, can you tell people where they can go to learn more about Curaçao rugby, and uh, you know how they can be, even be able to help, um, be able to help advance your guys' initiatives? Well, yeah. So uh, we have, have uh, obviously social media accounts, um, Facebook and, and Instagram, Curaçao Rugby Federation. Um, it's always looking for teams to come down and play, for coaches to come down and experience. Experience the island is to help us grow. Um, yeah, like I said, teams is our, is our main thing. That's you know a lot of American, especially after this pandemic. As soon as the, the borders kind of open again, you know people will, will, will want to be come down to the to the to the islands and, and play some rugby and beach rugby. That's our, sort of our main attraction. So you know anybody that wants to come in touch with us and, and we'll help you out and, and you can help us out with some rugby and, and some coaching and, and stuff like that. So we have a lot of, uh, we're always ready to accept. We're, we're great hosts are down here and uh, show show you a good time in the Caribbean. And, and yeah, that's it. Yo, we that's also, so awesome. have a YouTube channel uh, where there's a lot of our games. So yeah, we, 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 we're, we're very active on our social media. We, we have competitions a lot. We're still going with the competitions. I know a lot of places around the world and, and in America have stopped but we, we've kept going and uh, we'll be interested to watch oh, at, least, at least you can watch some rugby with us follow us and uh, you'll be able to uh, to watch some live games so 
Yo, that's awesome. That's 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 really impressive. I'm I'm really happy to hear that you guys are doing that. Like it's it's ironically still a a uh, a, a grown development of people broadcasting their games. So the the progressiveness that progressiveness that you guys have in that is is should be applauded. <laughs> Absolutely applauded. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, Robert, man, thank you so much for. Uh, thank you very much. Yes, well, we try, we try, we do, we do well with what we have. So. Not anytime. Thank you very much. Yo, Rob, thank you so, so very much. Guys, I know this was a little hard on the ears a bit, but uh, I really appreciate the patience. And uh, no, this was, it was really great to be able to hear more about Curacao and, and, and what it is that they're doing down there. And I uh, continue to hope that they get more and more attention. And hopefully this helps, man, because of you guys. It's because of you guys that they might be able to get a bunch more attention and be able to get some more support and help because we want to see it grow. This is what we do whenever we're changing the community, we're growing the game, and not just growing the game in terms of the play, but we're growing it in terms of opportunity. We're growing it in terms of access and experience, and we're just really changing it. So thank you guys so, so very much. And of course, please, please do not forget that you guys are always able to go and check out more of the podcast every single time. Please check out. We Last week, we had Nicolette Pantor, uh, captain for Trinidad and Tobago Rugby. Uh, we had my guy Ryan Ginty uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, he is now the pro- broadcaster for the main Major League Rugby show on Fox Sports. He's on network TV, baby. Uh, we've had Katie Sadlier, uh, the general women's general manager for World Rugby. Uh, Sarah Alice Sal. We had Keishan Downs, uh, the vice president for Jamaica Rugby Union. Just Nielsen, the head coach of York Rugby, former uh, Canada rugby player. I overlooked said Sarah Alisal and just didn't say what it was. Yo, this is the founder and and co-founder and and president for uh, Tory Rugby and former national team manager Warren Smullis and Preston Thompson of uh, American uh, America Rugby Podcast. Uh, Adam Milby, the president of the Philippines Rugby Union, toes on to Titanway of Viral Rugby. Uh, Tiffany Faye, former captain of the USA Women's Rugby Team for US. I guess I did say that redundantly. Tiara Mack, uh, Tiara Mack of uh, the state senator for Rhode Island and uh, former Brown rugby player. Anna Woosery, the host of the Black Girls Rock podcast, Comey Gandy Fishbin of the USA Rugby Board. Um, just so many people. Freddie Henry Ajuda, uh, uh, Nigeria rugby player and, and Life University player. Going even back, Kyle and Tiana Granby of Roots Rugby, Naya Tapper that I talked about. Uh, like so many guests, so many guests, so many people have come through, learned so much more. And please, guys, check it out. We even got our HBCUs all taken care of. So, guys, you guys can go check out uh, Raheem Vital and uh, Raheem Vital and Michael Toussaint for Prayer View AM. You can check out uh, Saifedin Safir of Morehouse College. You can check out um, Rashad 
uh, Lipford of North Carolina A&T, so you guys can learn more about what's going to be happening for the HBCU Rugby Classic and more. And of course, like I said, check out uh, uh, Kyle and Tiana Granby. Uh, you guys can check out um, just just Derek Lipskin, also of Roots Rugby and Old Blue, and Kamani Davis of Roots Rugby and Made. And guys, just there's there's so much. You guys want to learn this? It helps. Because it sets the standard, it creates the context, it helps set up the story. So when you guys watch the games, it has so much of a deeper meaning. And you know what? It also allows us to continue to make people in this sport have a chance to be recognized and be great. And we continue to be great. And it's a rising tide that lifts all boats. But obviously, guys, I'm not going to lie. It starts with you. And I want to thank you. So with that being said, I hope that you're happy. I hope that you're healthy. And I hope that you know, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, that you are highly favored. I'm going to talk to you next time. Cheers. Hey, everybody. This is just the break train sending out a personal little video diary to all you people out there where I am going to document me riding most of the way between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Number one is because um, it's part of my business. I do Rugby Lovers Guide to Asia. Number two is I want to bring a lot of exposure to the to the rugby clubs and the rugby NGOs and charities. Also, on a personal level, I just want to break uh, the funk I've kind of felt I've been into for the last 10 years. So for the next 12 months, I poured myself into the Singapore to Tokyo campaign, but it still wasn't enough. I needed help, and it came from Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift. From Gift Time Rugby USA is a extroverted tour de force. Say hi to my people out there. Which makes up for my um social shortcomings. This place is unbelievable. Oh, no! It's not just it's like what's he supposed to do? Morons, a bunch of morons. Guys, picture with me. Picture. Australian. G'day mate. You can use my phone. But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. After KL, Kuala Lumpur. Gift, where are we? We're in Fiji! Mount Fuji, baby! Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, seven! Rugby is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. Valkyries, the mighty, mighty Valkyries. And allows us to overcome incredible, incredible obstacles. It's just got so thick. It's just so thick here. Now it's pouring down rain again. But coming to this Thai-Cambodia border has renewed all the aggression. So the whole thing's gone buggered. I got hit. What? I got Thailanded by a motorbike. I can just feel that knee, that ankle just going in all the wrong directions under the weight of my body. But that doesn't compare to the pain of, of failure. I'm dying. Oh, I'm dying. And that's what I've been worried about this whole time. We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, friends, family, sometimes complete strangers 
come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come. Making a comeback. Four weeks, 2,300 miles, five countries. After all the trials and tribulations, this ride had become deeply personal. All that mattered now was getting to that Rugby World Cup game in Tokyo. Yeah, buddy. All right. Be easy. Go check out redearthfilms.vhx.tv to get your copy of Singapore to Tokyo any way we can. That's redearthfilms.vhx.tv.